Hi everyone, <clears throat> I'm back. Um, I got a new MacBook recently and Apple decided that it didn't want to use the usual like standard USB plugins anymore. So um, I haven't gotten the adapter for my Yeti mic yet. Um, so I'm just going to try out and use these like the laptop microphone. Hopefully it works. Otherwise, I'll just go get the adapter. Um, hopefully the quality is good. So, um, anyway. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm back. I feel like I know that I tried to do the whole podcasting thing twice before, but I do feel like third time's a charm. Um, I didn't feel really inspired for a while. I just like wasn't feeling it at first. I had a bad relationship with a uh, comparison and then I had and self-confidence or like lack of self-confidence. Um, so that's why I stopped. But now I feel like I'm ready to just, I'm ready. I'm super inspired. I just want to like do it and I have so much to share with you guys and I'm just going to do it and I don't care. So <laughs> I'm really, really happy. I'm in a good place now. Um, I got really sick of being like depressed and just sick of living like the basic nine to five life and doing everything normal. So I just decided I'm going to do whatever I want and only do things that I want, only do things that make me happy. Um, if it's not a fuck yes for me, then it's a fuck no. So that's where I'm at right now. I really love it here and I suggest that you try it too. Um, as you all know, and I assume you do, because if you're listening to this, you probably have me on Instagram. Um, I recently went, I recently went on an ayahuasca retreat and I had the absolute best experience ever in my whole life. Um, I feel kind of bad saying that, um, because I have two kids, which are definitely the most best experience in my life definitely take the cake but the ayahuasca retreat was like really up there it's like a really close second um it was amazing i i took like a week and a half to make this because i wanted to like process everything before i told you about it it's a lot like i heard that i heard people say that before when i was like watching tiktoks about people who went on ayahuasca retreats and stuff and i was like what do you mean process everything why is it taking so long i totally get it now like just so much just keeps coming to you. Like it just, it's like a, it's not just like a, it does, the experience doesn't just stay within those four days or however long your retreat is. It definitely, it's, it lives in you now. And especially if you integrate it in your real life, which I am, um, it just, it keeps getting better. So it's like a gift that keeps on giving. Um, yeah. So um, when I was first planning to go, a lot of people, my mom, her friends, my family, other people on Instagram, they were like, you're crazy. Like, why do you want to go on this thing? You're going to get kidnapped or sex trafficked and yada, yada, yada. And I mean, those thoughts did cross my mind. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I did get anxious about it for a day, but I just really wanted to go. So I went, <laughs> um, I took the risk and I felt good about it, obviously, or else I wouldn't have gone. I mean, I don't want to die. So yeah. 
Um, if you guys are interested in going, I can link you with a place or the place that I went so that you guys know, you guys won't have that anxiety. You guys know that these people are safe. You're not going to get sex trafficked or anything like that. Um, you know, nothing bad is going to happen to you. So go ahead and just like DM me or text me or whatever. If you want the info, I'll probably just link it anyway after I like release this episode just because I'll probably put out my story. I will put on my story there. Um, yeah. So why did I go to the mountains and take a bunch of mind altering substances with a bunch of rando people that I had never met? So we can throw open buckets together and shit in a hole. Well, I'll tell you why. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I always, I always thought that when I turned 30, which I turned 30 last September 23rd, um, I thought like my life would just magically transform into the life of my dreams. And I transform into the woman I always thought I would be like, AKA Layla Milani. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with her, but like, she's like what I thought I'd look like and be like, and that that's the lifestyle I thought I'd have when I was 30. Like I drive a Rolls Royce, like her and, uh, live in a mansion in Beverly Hills and uh, be like 5'10 and weigh 90 pounds and have porcelain veneers, blah, blah, blah. And like long black hair, like my real hair, you know, like her, basically. That's what I thought like 30 was. Like you'll finally have your life settled. You're like, have this perfect life, perfect marriage, perfect everything, blah, blah, blah. Rich as fuck. Yeah. So that's what I thought it would be. Um, in reality... Not much changed when I was 30. Um, All I got was basically, I got to experience my first hangover. Um, So that was new for me. That was something new that happened when I was 30. I had always heard of them, obviously. Never experienced it. I was always like the friend that woke up at like the crack of dawn in Vegas, pouring shots, you know, like I was ready to go. I was that friend, like, get the fuck up, let's go, I don't know what this headache business is you guys are complaining about, what is sleep, I didn't need to sleep, (sighs) yeah, I guess those days are gone, I hope not, because I still want to be that girl, so I'm working on it, like, there are vitamins that you can take for hangovers, there's, like, a regimen, I don't even know how to pronounce that word, regime, regimen, regimen, whatever, there's, like, some cocktail of vitamins that you can take to prevent those, so I'm gonna try that. I'll let you guys know how it is. Otherwise, I guess I'll just have like two margaritas from now on. My shot, shot, shot stays can be over. I mean, good for my liver, I guess. Whatever. Anyway, so yeah, why didn't turning 30 um, make like, so why why didn't me turning 30 like automatically transform my life into the life of my dreams that I always thought it would be? Well, um, because I did all of the outer work, I had, you know, into school, I have a job, I get VIP tickets at festivals, I got a couple boob jobs, like I did all that kind of work. Yeah, cool, whatever. But I didn't do the work that needed to be done, which is the deep, deep, deep shit, like inner work. I didn't do that yet. Yeah, I was kind of brushing it off, you know? Um, I had gone to, I've been in therapy on and off since I was 11. So it's like more than half my life. Like it's a long time and I've, and I hated it. 
at first, especially like group therapy when I was a kid, like awful. Um, I hated therapy as an adult too. I did have one therapist I liked a couple years ago though. But yeah, um, and it helped a little, little emphasis, little. Uh, yeah, so the reason I went um, on an ayahuasca retreat was because I have been doing a lot of like inner work, somatic work, inner child healing, like the past year. And it's been so amazing, like so, so amazing. I didn't know that this type of healing existed. I have done more work in the past year and healed more trauma and old wounds than I had in like the 20 years of therapy. It's just this type of work is amazing <laughs> versus it's just way better than traditional therapy for me anyway. Um, so yeah, I want to share that it actually has been scientifically proven because I know everything, everyone wants something that's scientifically proven, whatever that means. I mean, I know what it means, but I really don't care if something's scientifically proven as long as it works for me, then I really don't give a fuck. But this is scientifically proven. Um, old wounds and trauma live inside of our bodies. Like they live in our tissues. They live all over. Like they live in us, in our cells. It's in there. It stays there. It stays a stagnant energy inside of us. And it keeps us from living to our fullest potential. It, it lives in us for years and years and years and years and years and years until you finally heal that shit. It does. Um, I, going into the, my intention, because you do say, I set intentions all the time, but especially for the ayahuasca retreat and every single plant medicine that you take during the retreat, um, you set an intention for, and my main intention for going to the ayahuasca retreat was to, um, identify the unmet needs that I had as a child and so that I could like reparent myself and nurture my, my inner child and heal all those wounds and trauma. Also, that was my main focus, but also to heal wounds and trauma that I, that occurred when I was an adult as well. Um, that's living inside of me. So that was my intention for going. That's what I really wanted to do just to do more work on that. Um, because I, I created, I repeated patterns, uh, from my childhood and I created unhealthy habits as an adult. And I kept repeating and repeating and repeating in my relationships. Like it didn't matter. Uh, a new guy, same shit, new job, same shit new friends, same shit. Like I just kept repeating these toxic habits that I had. Um, and I really wanted to stop at least. I mean, everything is, it takes two people or whatever, but I wanted to make sure I did my part at least to not bring this old shit into my life now, you know? Um, so I was like, I knew that plant medicine, AKA ayahuasca and the other ones I'm going to talk about were really great for just going all, going all in. Like you're going to definitely heal some shit when you do that. Uh, and that's what I wanted. 
So a few months ago, um, I was sitting actually right here where I am. I'm recording in my office at work, by the way, not on Kaiser time, but like I am here because I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, but a few months ago, I was sitting here at work in my office and I'm using the term office loosely, although I am appreciative of it right now because it doesn't have an echo. <laughs> But it's more like um, a really, really super freezing box where dreams go to die <laughs> or a jail cell. Like, I'm not kidding. I would know. Not because I've been in jail, because I worked at a few jails. And <laughs> um, But the door, I'll, I'll post a picture of it, literally. <laughs> like, I'm going to, it's the same door as I use in the jail cells. I'm not kidding. That's the same stupid ass window that's there with the lines in it. Like, oh, God, I'm having flashbacks anyway. <laughs> but yeah. So I was working overtime that day as usual because, you know, I don't know, just there's just so much work in healthcare these days. <laughs> there just is. Um, and there's not enough staff. So, yeah, there's so I was working overtime and I was starving because I didn't eat on my lunch break that day. Again, there's a lot of work here. Um, so... I was just super depressed. I hated being here. Everything seemed dark. <laughs> um, I was starving. I go out to the cafeteria. Like, that's how hungry I was. Mind you, a couple days before that, I made the mistake of getting sushi from this cafeteria. So I decided to, like, go with a quesadilla that day, you know. It seems like a safe bet, always. It was a safe bet, kind of. It was. Um, except that the... I like like spicy things and the salsa that they have with the quesadillas is just not my jam. Like it's chopped tomatoes basically and, um, and then like with a side of really bland sour cream that has like sour cream juice like resting at the top of it. I don't know. I just don't like it. Whatever. So that made me even more depressed, as if I wasn't already depressed enough, right? So I come back to my office, and I start, I'm, like, really emotional. I'm just an emotional person, especially when I'm in my office, because I'm just all alone here. Like, no one else is around. Obviously, I'm recording, and no one is. No one will ever know. I mean, unless my manager listens to this, which maybe he will. Anyway, it's literally 7 a.m., by the way. Okay, so it's before my starting time. Um, yeah, I came back here, and I was crying. My tears were falling into this stupid ass chopped up tomato salsa. And I felt like just defeated. I was like, what the fuck is this life? Like, I'm so tired of it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I want to break free out of this jail cell. And i do this thing where I like i'm like okay brian you can cry for like five minutes or four minutes and then you need to stop like then you need to snap out of it and you need to come back so i did that and i snapped out of it and i was like all right i know what i need to do <laughs> so i go into my co-worker's office he was obviously gone he doesn't lock his snack door thank god um he's like the snack office snacker you know everyone has those i got his tapatio bottle from his desk and then I used that and it just I was like okay let's get to work and I googled how to go on a spiritual journey 
I don't know why, like, the term spiritual journey just popped in my mind. And I was like, what is a spiritual journey? And how do I go on this thing? I always hear people talking about it. Like, how do I go on it? Where do I start? Where does it go? Where does it even lead? I don't know. <laughs> so I started researching. Um, I found and um, I found all these great ayahuasca stories and places and retreats, like, all over the world. Really, really great. And obviously, like, mind-altering substances uh in a cool place nice views i'm down you know so um blah what was i saying yeah so yeah i was down i wanted to book it actually that like the next week because there was retreats like coming up like literally that the following week um but i was um i had take I was taking Teluxa for three and a half years, which by the way, should only take it six to nine months. That's why I had such a hard time getting off of it. Um, but I was taking that and then I was taking Concerto, which is a derivative of meth, not meth, but like meth and whatever. And it's like uh, Adderall. So those both, neither of those mix well with ayahuasca at all. Like do not take those with ayahuasca especially and not the meth but the okay not the adderall but the um the ssri selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor which is basically most antidepressants um you cannot take it with ayahuasca because ayahuasca it ha it's heavy in the maois you've probably heard of that like on commercials for antidepressants it's a different type but whatever um yeah it doesn't mix well with that because there's like this chemical called tyramine and it builds up in your liver and like when you mix the antidepressant with the ayahuasca it doesn't like let your liver filter it or something and so you get this build up which can cause a hypertensive crisis which is basically super high blood pressure and ayahuasca already increases your heart rate and blood pressure as is so you don't want to add both to the mix because it can be fatal actually because you can just stroke out like have a heart attack and die which is in my opinion a really awful way to go so i was really scared about that i want to make sure that i had it all out of my system before i um started ayahuasca so I tried stopping the Selexa um and I always did this thing where I made it like two weeks and then the, the withdrawal started kicking in and it's not like like um regular drug withdrawals like I don't crave it I definitely don't crave Selexa but my body does um so the withdrawals always looked like um I could just couldn't sleep for days. And by the second or third day, I'd be like, fuck this. Like, I'm taking Selexa. Like, I need to sleep. It's not even a sleep medication. It just messes with your whole entire brain chemistry that that's what happens. Um, yeah. So, gave in a little or relapsed or whatever you want to call it. Then I have to start over. So, finally, um, when I was trying to get off of it, I made it the two weeks or whatever. And I was having those symptoms. And then a new symptom came up. I was not, I thought I just like dodged a bullet and I wasn't going to like get this. Um, the brain zaps. Oh my gosh. 
the brain zaps um and the migraines like literally i'd be at work and my brain would just zap like get electrocuted and i didn't know what was going on and i was like getting emails confused i was mixing up what i was talking about a lot and i just felt like an idiot i felt stupid i had to like i texted one of the doctors and i had to apologize like she didn't even get mad she's like she understood but i just it was awful and i just wanted and i was exhausted by the way exhausted all the time because i couldn't sleep Plus, I wasn't taking the Concerta anymore. Like, that wakes me up. Oh, yeah. Getting off was hard work. I didn't, And then even, like, literally up until, like, the day of the retreat, I was on my way. And I had, I got this horrible, horrible migraine. Like, I started crying. It was awful. Like, that's how bad it is. Like, if you don't have to absolutely take these type of uh, medications, just don't. Like, it's not worth it. <laughs> um. I'm happy to say I don't take it anymore, though, and I'm doing wonderful. Anyway, um, I'm going to stop right Okay, and um, by the way, <clears throat> I just wanted to add... Um, one of the girls that was at the retreat with me, she was a returning customer. Um, she told me that there was some lady at the first retreat that she went to. She went with the same group. I mean, the same, like, people. I don't know what to call it, company. It's not really company, but, like, the same company. <laughs> um, whatever. So the first time that she went, she there was some, like, batshit crazy bitch um during the retreat she was just a bitch to everyone like was just batshit crazy always going off on people just like this crazy ass bitch and she ended up leaving early thank god but they found out that she actually was taking uh antidepressants while she did it so that's another reason to not do that you're gonna go crazy and while you're on it you know so don't do them together point is yeah um, another thing to know before you go is that you will need to prepare your mind and body for this experience. Like, this is not an experience to take lightly. You need to do some prep work. If you guys saw, I did a, a strict diet two weeks before going. Um, I'll explain that later, but, oh, I'll just explain it now. Yeah, so I did a strict diet two weeks before going, and um, like I said about the tyramine, thing it I, that was my main concern because I was on antidepressants so for so long they suggest that you be off them for like one to two months before going which I wasn't I was off for one month before going um but I just wanted to make sure that I didn't stroke out so um you want to avoid foods that are high in tyramine which are basically fermented foods kimchi soy sauce oh soy um like grapefruits like oh fermented or sorry aged cheeses for sure don't eat that um you can look it up but yeah so there are ayahuasca diets plus you want to have like a super clean body when you go in because it just like it, the different plant medicines will help you more and will be able to get into your body better if you have a clean body, you're not like just full of shit and McDonald's, you know, you want to eat clean before going, make sure like if you can do a vegetarian diet, do it. Some people like to do fish still. 
um, which is fine. Just just be as clean as possible, you know. That it'll you get more bang for your buck that way. Basically, the cleaner you are, the better effect it'll have on you. Like the harder it'll hit, or whatever you have you want to say it to yourself, you know. <laughs> um, it's kind of like never mind. I was gonna do like a drug reference. <laughs> um, let me try to think of one. It's kind of like when you take Molly. Um, you don't you if you do other drugs before you do Molly, the Molly doesn't hit as hard. This is kind of like the same, uh, the same type of thing. If you know, you know. If you don't, then you probably don't have to worry about it anyway. Um, yeah, obviously this isn't Molly. I don't want to disrespect the plant in any way. Um, although Molly is great, but or MDMA, whatever. Um, this is not, these are not party, party drugs. When I'm, the, the plant medicine at the retreats, we're not talking party drugs, but that was the best like reference I could give. You want a clean body, you know, virgin body so that it hits harder. Um, yeah. So as a, going back to your mind, you also want to prepare your mind I know, prepare your mind, blah, 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 Brianne. Okay, no, but really, let me explain. Um, you're going to need to get really comfortable with your mind and your thoughts and solitude before you go. Because when you're in the different ceremonies, and I say ceremony, you mean like, because I took like five or six different plant medicines. I'll explain them out at, like later in the episode. So each one has a ceremony, obviously. So when you're in the different ceremonies, um, you're all there physically in the circle um, for the most part, but mentally you're alone. Like you're alone in your mind, unless you can always ask for help, obviously, but you're alone in your mind um, or wherever the plant wants to take you. So to prepare for this, I practiced a lot of meditation breath work, which I already did anyway. Uh, I started breath work last year just because I, and then I, I really liked it. It's a little hard. It was difficult and challenging to do at first. Um, but I really, really got into breath work because in January, in January I got COVID this year, like really bad. And I had that long haul COVID, like the one that really fucks you up for a long time. And I had a lot of scarring on my lungs and I just couldn't breathe like ever. Like I wanted to die. I got like actually suicidal because I couldn't breathe. I was just like, what's the point of living if I can't take it like a full inhale? Like I couldn't like that, what I took for granted, I couldn't do that. So I started doing a lot of breath work. And now I don't know if you can hear it with these mics, but I can take a deep breath. I feel great. I'm, I'm really great. Uh, it really helps me. So yeah, so I was already in, I was already practicing that, but, um, you have to also get really comfortable with meditation, like long meditations. Um, for example, um, with the Nino Santos, which is mushrooms, um, you, they have you drink the tea, like the shroom tea, and then you sit in silence by yourself. You can stay in the circle. I mean, eventually you're gonna get up because your mind is gonna take you, tell you to get up. Um, you sit in silence for three hours by yourself and there's no talking and you're just there with your thoughts and your Nino Santos in your head. 
you know? So you better learn to meditate so you're comfortable being alone with yourself and your thoughts. Um, otherwise, it's going to be even more difficult. It's already a difficult enough experience, just the uncomfortability of being in your body with the with the plant and just, I mean, you don't know until you know, but it's it can be very uncomfortable. So just having that grounding, grounding techniques and meditation tools, just knowing those will really, really help you. Um, and then as far as the ayahuasca, you're going to sit alone or throw up alone, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever you're doing or both. And you're going to do both um, for like six to 10 hours. I don't even know how long I was there because um, you do that one at night and then you're all sitting in a circle when you start. Um, I ended up falling asleep. Who knows what time? Um, I threw up a lot, a lot. But a few people fell asleep in the ceremony circle. We have our sleeping bags there and like beds and pillows if you want, like, you know, to be comfortable. So I fell asleep and I woke up at like 6.30 in the morning and it was late and there was like only three other people in there with me. Not Aurelio, by the way. He went back to the, um, to the yurt. But yeah, some people go back when they're, they feel like their experience is done. And then others like me just fall asleep there. So you're there for a long ass time by yourself and you don't, there's no talking. You don't want to talk. You can't talk. Like you just don't. Um, I'm going to make an episode for each plant medicine, just like to go into deeper detail because I'm kind of just running through each one right now. So don't worry. I'll go into detail for the ayahuasca and the Nino Santos. Um, but anyway, so to prepare for this, I used an app. It's called Insight Timer. It's free. I mean, there's like a paid, like there's some stuff that you paid for if you want to take courses or something, but like all the meditations are free. There's like thousands, millions. I don't know. I never needed to pay. So um, it's like a really great app. Um, also, I'll probably like, I learned some meditations there. And then I also have some meditations that I've learned just elsewhere that I really, really love doing, like for belief changes, like I always cry. So I'll probably make some, like record some or something. And then like link it in the show notes or like on my Instagram. So you guys can try those ones too. Um, also another great meditation resource. I mean, I won't say great, super popular one is Joe Dispenza. Um, a lot of people are like, we're super obsessed with him. You've probably heard of him. Um, I'm a member. I have like a membership to whatever, something with him. I don't even know what it is because I think he's really boring, <laughs> to be honest. I should probably cancel that membership, actually. I'm going to do it after I'm done recording. Hopefully I remember. Um, but a lot of people really love him. They're obsessed with him. I personally think he's overrated. I don't get it. He's he's changed a lot of people's lives, so you might want to check him out. Joe Dispenza. You don't have to get a membership or buy any of his stuff, literally, because I've looked up all of his meditations, like the ones for purchase, and they're all on YouTube for free. And he has walking meditations, which I am very interested in. So maybe I'll try that before I totally disregard this guy. Um, but yeah, people love him. You might love him. Um, otherwise there's oh, so many like super great meditations on YouTube, obviously free. Like there's a meditation for everything on YouTube, like everything. Like I've been sitting on the toilet constipated and I've found a meditation for sitting on the toilet when you're constipated on YouTube. 
Did it work? I don't remember, but I thought it was cool. <laughs> so yeah. Let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about having the right mindset to go into something like this. Um, like I said, over the last year, I've done a lot of work um, on myself with like fundamental needs and inner child needs and feeling, feelings tracking. My favorite. That's my favorite thing that I've done, actually. Um, so now I'm able to get clear on what I want and I'm sorry, get clear on what I why I do what I do, you know, habits, I told you, I want to break bad habits I have. Um, so that really helped me get clear on that. Um, I've done a lot of somatic work, which is so amazing. I can't, it's just an amazing, it's amazing. Um, soma, it comes from the word soma. Soma means body. I don't know what matic means or if it means something. I'll look it up later. Um, it's like a Latin term. It just means like inside of your body, getting into your body. Like I said, the old wounds and trauma lives in our body, live in our body. So it's work for that. Um, this type of work, somatic work, it goes, it complements plant medicine very well. They basically go hand in hand. It's an amazing combination. Um, even by itself, somatic work, like I said, it's just amazing on its own. But yeah, that's the reason that I've healed myself so much this past year. Um, a lot of things that I thought like, oh, that's just how I am. Oh, that's just, that's my personality, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't, no, it's not. You can change it. You can change things that you don't like about yourself. It, you can break generational curses. You can you can change it. <laughs> you're not just effed up if you think that you are. You're not. I promise. Trust me. I would know. <laughs> I thought that for uh, most of my life. <laughs> but anyway, um, so during the retreat, I was able to dive even more so into my needs and feelings. And I realized that a lot of my needs that were being unmet at home were met during the retreat, um, which was totally different feeling that, and it was so great. And that's how I was out able to identify, oh, these needs, I, I really like this. These needs are not being met at home. So um, I feel like just like the environment and the group and just the retreat itself, it the feelings and then that it gave me um really attributed to like the amazing feelings and experience that i had um i had a lot of unmet needs in the connection area um, i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with like the fundamental human needs or not but if you are you know what i'm talking about and if not i'll post them so you can know what i'm talking about <laughs> Um, I definitely want to share them with you because they are just knowing that is really, really, really beneficial. Um, so I had a, um, a lot of unmet needs in the in the connection column or area. So when I went to the retreat after each experience, um, after each ceremony, 
either the next day if it's a nighttime one or the afternoon if it's a daytime one. Um, we had a sharing circle. Um, so we all sit in the family circle. If you watched my reel, you'll be able to see. Obviously, there's no people in it when I record because you don't want to record anyone doing it because it's like illegal for some people. But yeah, or people just don't want people to know, you know. Um, but yeah, so we get, we have a sharing circle and it's a really, really vulnerable place to be. Um, there's laughter, there's crying. I was really super shy at first. I have a really, really hard time actually speaking in front of people and like just being confident to do that. Or I used to, um, and actually, I found out why during one of the ceremonies, why I have that like blockage in my throat or whatever, you know. Um, but anyway, the appreciation and like from everyone and the love and the safety and respect and like the sharing circle was just so warm and everyone was so understanding. It just amazed me. It's like an unmatched feeling, honestly. Take like a moment of silence it's just amazing i love them i love them so much um yeah so having all those needs met was absolutely priceless for me um feeling what it was like to feel safe and heard and respected and supported it is the most one of the most valuable things that i brought home with me from that retreat just all of those just great wonderful feelings um, I realized that at home, sometimes I wake up and I go to sleep and I'm upset or I'm irritable. And it's because those need, those needs are not being met, you know, um, having unmet needs can show up in different ways in our lives. And for me, it shows up as irritability or restless sleep or me screaming at cars, like, because now everyone on the drive to work, I get really snappy um, when I have unmet needs. And I'm glad that I was able to identify them. Um, so I, um, I learned to ask myself, like, is this uh, when I identify when I identify that I'm doing that and I identify what is the need that's being unmet? Um, I ask myself, like, is this an unmet need that's now for my adulthood life? Or is this an unmet childhood need that I'll need to reparent myself through? And just being able to do that is so powerful. Honestly, it has been so powerful for me. Um, I'll give you an example of what I mean. So um, go ahead and... I mean, I'm going to assume you guys are driving, so you can't even write this down. But if you're not, then maybe you might want to write it down. Um, think of a time that you did something that you didn't feel good about. Like something that you were either triggered um, or upset or disappointed in by yourself. Like, like something that made you feel that way. All right. So for me... My example is this morning, I threw a big spoon so hard at the sink. Like it's like a big metal spoon or whatever it is. I don't know 
what the metal is, but it's a big metal spoon. And I threw it so hard that it bent, like the spoon bent in half. It's like a big mixing spoon. It was a big mixing spoon. So that's my example. I was not proud of myself in that moment <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so next step is to ask yourself how you were feeling right before you did that thing that you didn't like. For me, how was I feeling right before I threw that spoon so hard at the fucking sink that it bent? Um, I was feeling irritated with myself because I snoozed my alarm so many times I didn't get to work out before I went to work. I came to work. Um, I was feeling insecure. I was feeling about my body because I didn't work out. I was feeling dread about having to come to this fucking place in the first place. <laughs> I'm grateful for my job, but just, I'm just going to be real. <laughs> um, I felt disappointed. I was feeling sensitive. I was feeling self-conscious. These are obviously all in the negative feelings inventory list. Because um, we don't act out. We don't throw spoons. We don't do things that we're embarrassed by or disappointed in ourselves by unless we are feeling badly. Like we just don't. So when the next thing to ask yourself is uh, when you're feeling, when you were feeling these difficult feelings, um, what was the fundamental human need that was calling out to you. Like, what was this need that wasn't being met? If you do know the fundamental human needs, it'll be easier for you. If not, I'll post it somewhere and I'll put it on my Instagram or something or like in the show notes. You know, I'll just link it in the show notes there. So you guys can have the list and like look at it while you, so you know, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Cause I mean, before I started doing this work, I didn't know what it was. I had to Google it, but yeah. Um, so you want to ask yourself, like, what was the need that was calling out to me? What was the need that wasn't getting met? And for me at the time, when I threw a spoon, it was integrity. It was in the integrity column. Um, my need was consistency, dependability, and self-respect in which those, I was not meeting those for myself. That's why I was pissed. Um, all right, now we're going to go to the opposite end and we'll go to like a positive, the positive feelings. Um, so go ahead and think of a time that you were really happy about or proud of yourself about. And then ask yourself again, how did I feel before I did that? So for me, something I was proud about or proud of, uh, is um, my breakthrough, or sharing my breakthroughs after a ceremony during the retreat. I was really proud of myself for that. Like I said, it's really hard for me to share. It's a very vulnerable place to be, especially when you're sharing with a bunch of people that you don't know, just like things that you haven't even been able to discuss with yourself, let alone anyone else, you know? But by the way, I'm just going to side note, the reason they make you share, or not make you, advise you to share um, is because when you speak about something, it makes it real. Like, it makes it tangible. You're speaking about it. You're not, it's not just something that just went on in your head, you know, that you can dismiss. Like, you spoke about it, and it's real like this, you know? So that's why they do that. Anyway, back to the practice. Um, 
so for me, the thing I was proud of was uh, my breakthrough after my sharing my breakthrough after I did the Nino Santos, aka the shrooms, and not feeling any resentment toward my mom. Um, I'm proud of myself for doing that. So right before I shared, how did I feel? Go into the feelings, positive feelings. I'll link those too. There's like a positive feelings list I have and a negative one. I'll link them both so you guys can do this on your own. Um, I felt safe. I felt grounded. I felt encouraged. I felt appreciative of the others that shared their stories with me. And I felt really comfortable. So if you notice, these are all positive feelings, which means my needs were being met. That's why I felt positively. So think about what needs of yours were met when you did that thing that you are proud of or that you are happy about. Um, And then ask yourself what needs were met that enabled me to share this breakthrough, like for me, um, and make myself proud or ask yourself what needs were met like that enabled you to do whatever you did that made you happy or made you proud of yourself. Um, For me, it was in the connection column. I felt appreciative, I'm sorry, I felt appreciated, a sense of belonging, I felt heard, I felt understood, I felt respected, and like I mattered. Basically, when your needs are met, good things happen. So, my coworker just got here, so I feel like I should not record anymore, Um, (laughs) but I feel like this is a good opening episode for this new era, and I hope you guys are all warmed up and feeling eager to hear and learn more from me. I'm going to release the retreat episodes into like a series or something. Um, I won't have too many days in between. It'll be like day after day after day, hopefully, or like maybe one day in between to give you guys time to listen to them all. Um, and then I'll have guests to, that were at the retreat to come and talk as well. So, um, yeah, I did like five plant medicines. I did Cambo, Ayahuasca, Nino Santos, I gave shrooms, San Pedro. That was fun. Um, Hape, Sanaga, and Bufo. Okay, seven. I'll just do them like per day, I guess. Like I did Cambo the first day and ayahuasca the first in the first night. And then Nino Santos the second day, San Pedro the third day, Hoppe and Sanaga the night of the third day, and then Bufo the fourth day. So that's how I'll probably just divide up these episodes. Um Yeah, so thanks for tuning in to my relaunch and I'll see you tomorrow to talk about how Cambo purged all of the penises out of my vagina. Thank you for listening. Bye.